I can't believe it. Once again, it's I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. Why, yes, it is. This features the opening running musics of two mid 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance from a sealed room. No windows, no doors, no way out, no way in. I am your co host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, trapped in a room. And I can't get out. And I am joined, as always, by my good buddy. I am Noah Tarno, founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. I am currently in Berkeley, California. You are currently in Amsterdam, damn, damn, Holland, the Netherlands, yep. Europe. How how you doing, buddy? It's I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm dealing with the the solemnity of being in the same room. I tell you what, I figured out recently because you know we our door is in Amsterdam here. We don't have mailboxes per se, but we got the slots. You know, the, the little um the little gold you slot. You got gambling everywhere you go. We got we got the loosest slots in town. You know, what we get every day is unsolicited. Uh, people walk by the neighborhood from the local restaurants, watering holes, con- concerns, uh, that sort of thing, and they put in um you know little flyers about their businesses and what they're trying to do is um, restart some sort of revenue coming in can't go out can't sit in a restaurant can't do anything like that just yet but a lot of places are available for what they call carry out or in in the dutch off halls which means to do the deliver or take away food they're crazy for beer here you know this isn't like a huge spirits town it's the beer man that's what they do in belgium the so-called benelux countries you're familiar with that term noah it's a good trivia uh, i i i did go to high school okay well i only heard it in the last 10, 10 years but really yeah. you had never heard benelux before no why would i have heard it i'm from long island i've never heard of benelux because you before. went to fucking school and <laughs> It wasn't a very good school. Anyway, so right. they're trying to, they want you to buy this beer that they make. There's a whole, there's shitloads of it hanging around. So I have found all these local craft brewers and I'm getting box after box of this, uh, you know, really good triples and box and IPAs coming in here. So I feel like it's another coping strategy is uh, better living through alcohol, Noah. That's how I'm doing right now. I was actually thinking one of these days I need to go back to the marijuana. Uh, I do have some with me. I, For those who know me, I'm holed up uh, in... I live in San Francisco. I'm holed up in Berkeley with my sister and her kids. I've been here uh, with my cat, extended several weeks now. This is the way to do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't drink alcohol, but I brought a little of the now legal marijuana with me. Sure. And I thought I need to do that to relax, but it's just... It's tough. First of all, you don't want to do it when the kids are around. And second of all, well, we were talking about this. I have never been working harder. This is crazy, man. I know. It's it's the inverse of what you'd expect, but some people are uh, know, booming right now. Fits and starts. But uh, yeah, I just like, I don't want to get high because then I will be less productive the next day. Isn't that ridiculous? That's like not the way my brain should work. No, no. You should be hedonism all the way. I, I don't want to have fun because it might make it harder for me to work. Pleasures of the flesh first, and then uh, hard work and studiousness later. But actually, it's funny you should uh, mention marijuana that, but... isn't a pleasure of the. Fl- no one's getting pleasure of the flesh right now. All well, right, I don't know. You're I married, should say so. the the idea that um, certain businesses are thriving in a weird parallax view through a funhouse mirror is very relevant to our topic today because we are talking about. <laughs> that, thank you for getting us focused. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice segue. We're discussing yeah. trolls world tour. An ironic title, if you think about it. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it is too. For for the time and for the import of this specific movie, as we will discuss forthwith. Also, it's a terrible like they should have called it Troll 
Worlds Two, you know, World Tour. Trolls World Tour well, sounds dumb. I don't know. That's that's some well, bad. Is there a there. movie in the eighties called Trolls Part Two that's like famous for being one of the worst movies ever? Troll Two, yes, not the plural. It's Troll Troll Two. two. And yeah. which was the movie? Was that the movie where the guy from Law and Order plays a character named Harry Potter? That's the first one. Troll Troll. That's the first. Ma- troll. Michael Morty was in Troll One playing Harry Potter. Yeah, it's just a different character named Harry Potter. And are those movies horror or horror comedy? No, they are, they are low budget horror. They, I think they were spun off from the concept of like the idea of what, what people saw with Gremlins. They were spun off from Happy Days. I picked this one. This is my fault, guys. Um, and if you're parents, you already know what we're talking about. But if you're not, then you probably don't know what we're talking about because I didn't. It is while they've essentially put a hold on pop culture, uh, you know, until unless you're talking about very extreme examples, it's hard to find new things to talk about when you're trying to cover what the kids are talking about. And the kids right now are all angry. They can't play outside on swings. And, you know, there's just TikToks, bullshit we've already talked about. So this was something that presented itself on April 10 when Trolls World tour became available for digital rental 1995 i believe and in certain ways it was like a little bit of a lexington and concord moment between major film studios and theatrical apparatus in the united states theaters have been shut down and other than the off model vod type things smaller art house films some you know some movies that had just been dumped uni made universal i should say sorry i will call them uni throughout this made the decision to put the sequel to their gigantic 2015 smash hit trolls um which made i think a hundred and um 153 million uh, in states statewide back in 2015. So they, it's almost like they were going to test the waters and see, well, what what would it be like to exploit this quarantine? Everybody's locked in. Let's go for a higher ticket price on a rental but give people the ability while they're a captive audience to watch it at home and this this played out like gangbusters for them from a certain point of view because uni now makes more money per share off of that 1995 rental fee because they're not sharing it with distribution the theatrical i think i read they get like 30 percent they have to give 30 percent to the distributor as opposed to giving like 50 percent when it's in a theater no it's 80 at 80 they get 80 of the stream and it was 50 of theatrical coming 50 of box yeah Right. Um, right. So the thing is, it's like the split for them. They can only make. Then they made a hundred. Had made a hundred million. Let's put it that way here. But their share of a hundred million was higher than their share of one hundred fifty-three million. You know, if you do the math on that. Right. So and they wait, but it but it made sixty thousand dollars at at uh, drive-in movie theaters on its opening weekend. Okay, yeah, how funny is that? That's fine. I'm, I'm happy that the people in uh, <laughs> Tulsa got to enjoy it, but the rest of us couldn't do anything about it. So so like if if you were like me, the hungry movie-going masses that just crave more troll delightful trolls content you were in luck on on april 10 because coronavirus played your way somehow it made your life better and so that's where we are so the thing is trolls was we're talking about five years now trolls was already a phenomenon that i somehow managed to avoid yeah well but but let's say this is based on the troll dolls yeah oh yes of course a phenomenon since the 60s 1959 yes exactly 59 oh i thought it was the 60s well the 60s it got here but yeah that was interesting because that doing my research for this in 59 there was a a danish woodcarver i mean trolls are all over the place in uh scandinavian culture I've been to Norway briefly, one over Sweden, but I've been to Disney World's fake Norway many more times. So the one thing they tell you is that, <laughs> same thing. Yeah, same same thing. thing is that the the Scandinavian culture that they like to export to the rest of us is that trolls are very important cultural figures. That you know, it's these little monsters that are part of the primordial myth. 
They're still out there hiding behind trees and bogs and stuff like that. This woodcarver slash fisherman decided to, you know, he carved these things out of wood and it became a little bit of a Scandinavian sensation back in 1959. They turned it into plastic, imported it to the United States in the 60s and that's when you sort of had the, the frizzy haired little goofy looking right. solid chunk of plastic that what we used to call back, 80, uh, uh, no, in the 80s, the Wishnik Troll. Yeah. That's what, that's what we knew it as. And so the troll itself, while it is a cultural figure the same way that, you know, they're little monsters in Japan, the obake or whatever, or, or I forget what they call them. There's, you know, every culture has its own form of, of little hobgoblins, leprechauns, blah, blah, blah. Nobody owns it. But in particular, the look of the troll has been owned by a couple of different, the license, I should say, has been owned by a couple of different entertainment companies over the years. So a uni and a Comcast bought it. I think it was in 2013, 2012. Uh, and again, this thing had been banging around. There was Trolls TV shows back in the 80s. It's yeah. the same thing. It's a through line. It's I a- shout out to Reverend Jen Miller, who we both know, person in New York City who has or had a troll museum yeah. in her apartment, yeah. which was pretty awesome. And I actually looked it up last night. I did 10 years ago. She did a fundraiser for the troll museum 10 years ago, seven years ago. And I did a troll quiz as part of it, a one round troll quiz. See, if you if you ever is, do, if you ever went to Oslo, you have your material ready to do a show. Right. If I, ever, if I did a big Oslo quiz. Thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it had been a thing. I remember kids having it when we were kids with the frizzy hair. So is what happened to Universal buy? Do they now own the rights to this toy everything now? Like they basically bought this cultural property? I think it was just it? it was just the license, the sort of IP license because just they, to make these movies. Yeah, well, I mean, every single one of these companies, like Paramount owns the rights to Transformers and G.I. Joe, so they are constantly rejiggering a way to give you more Optimus Prime. Even though they they can't quite <laughs> give me more Optimus right. Prime. They they don't exactly know what to do with it, but every couple of years they take a swing of, at giving you more of these things you grew up with. And I'm sure it's only a matter of time before they, they you know, refeed you He-Man again. I mean, it's just going to keep coming over and over again. I thought they're working on a He-Man movie, aren't right, they? Right, but that's... But, I mean, Live action. Didn't they cast some famous actor as He-Man? The one from um, To All the Boys... Uh, oh, uh, from... Yes, yes, that's what we learned. But yes, again, but, but what's the chances of it actually getting to market? Who the fuck knows? Like, you're going to get... I don't, what's the chance get, of anything? Right, right but you're going to get X-Men movies. We know that those things are in the pipeline, but like Trolls was, I guess they must have had a story group thinking, well, we could sell trolls back to people. And this is the concept. So I, I didn't watch the original Trolls. I, I watched Trolls World Tour, and I, I'm not afraid to say that I shared my copy with Noah, so I facilitated his viewing of it. <laughs> yes, we, we robbed this movie. We, we stole did. We, this movie. we took this, we robbed this movie. And so um, I, I want to ask you, Noah, because let's let's talk about the film, because I, I believe we set up the, the business market, the model in which it, it, it but let's just discuss yeah. the film for the moment. Uh, uh, okay, what, so I April was my business's busiest month ever, and I'm very blessed I was able to pivot, as they say in the business, to, uh, you know, so anyone who knows, I my company produces live trivia events, team building, fundraisers, things like that. And, you know, when the virus hit and the quarantine hit, everyone canceled on us. We went from, you know, 20 events a month to like seven in March, I think. So we figured out how to do virtual events in April just broke a lot of records and I've never been busier and I'm getting buried here. I could have made the time to watch Trolls War Tour if it really appealed to me, you know. <laughs> I, I made a little time for some leisure stuff and made time for my family I'm living with, and, but I really found it hard. So I watched the first eh, 45 minutes, hour maybe. That's fine, man. You did it. And as far I, as I'm concerned, I, you're over the finish right. line. And I, and I read and or skimmed, you know, six or seven articles about it, five or six articles about it. Um, I, I did not enjoy this movie. 
Uh, I don't hate it, though. You know, it's one of these... It's funny. Just yesterday, I don't remember the context. My niece had grabbed my laptop. My niece is seven today. Happy birthday, Sarah. And I think she was... We were singing something in that letter, too. She's very typical of girls her age in some ways. So she loves to sing. So she was watching videos of people singing Let It Go from Frozen. She loves that and singing along. And she's supposed to do Frozen summer camp this summer, but who knows what summer camp's going to be like. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so she's looking up other videos. She likes musicals. She was looking up uh, Into the Woods she's been into lately. And it led her to, I don't remember, listening to some cheesy pop song videos. She watches those, you know, those Netflix kids shows that are just, you know, no adult has heard of. And it's some incredibly cheesy pop song with some female singer kind of thing. And my sister and I are both rolling our eyes at how bad it is. Like, oh, I can't believe she likes this. But I'm like, you know what? It's fine for a seven-year-old girl to like this crap. This is what it's for. And I feel that way about Trolls World Tour. You know, it's a jukebox musical, basically. The trolls are singing. Let's give you... I'm all over the place, man. An overview of the plot. Basically, it sets up there are six tribes of trolls... And the main trolls we know from Trolls 1 are in the pop. They're the pop trolls. Each each troll has a genre of music. So the pop trolls, the rock trolls, the funk trolls, techno trolls, classical trolls, and country trolls. And our heroes are the pop trolls. And the rock trolls, our heroes are played primarily by Anna Kendrick and JT. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. JT, motherfucker. And uh, the leader of the rock trolls is played by Rachel Bloom. And she's a stereotype of, yeah, hard rock person. Odd that she's a rockist, but a girl. That's defining stereotypes. You think that would be a boy. The rock troll wants to unite all the other trolls, but like force them to be like her. So the pop trolls are like trying to get everyone together and make everyone happy. And they voyage through the other lands and you hear the other music and all that. So it's a jukebox musical on that you hear trolly versions of familiar pop songs a lot of medleys and just the cheesiest pop songs the last 10 20 30 years whatever the comparison with my niece what she was listening to was like this music has been sanded down and cheesified it's like the kids bop cds remember those oh yeah you want to hate that but like yeah this is for kids as long as it stays with kids i'm okay with it i can ignore it and then there's the fact that i think the animation is good i mean there is craft to this there's not a lot of heart to this movie the storyline is a little we all need to appreciate one another's differences. And even though I didn't finish the movie, I read the plot online. And of course, the the evil rock troll becomes a good guy at the end. And everyone appreciates everyone's differences. So it's incredibly ham-handed and cheesy. You know, it's for kids. So I can't get... I say this about a lot of topics here. I can't get worked up about this. But I also can't enjoy it. Oh, uh, I'm a little annoyed that the the villain is the rock. Because I'm a rock fan. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, I guess it's a stereotype, but there's true that a lot of rockists, the term rockist are snobs who are like, rock is the only valid music. Although guarantee you, you'll find people in all those other genres who feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, classical, certainly. Techno people just are, are all assholes and country people are, are traitors. So <laughs> I'm leaning on every stereotype. I furnished a pop theory as to why that was the case, though. My own... Um... Why why Rock was the villain? Why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw right. you post this on Facebook, but please explain. Well, I, because I thought, oh, this is kind of weird. And that one subgenre of music was being considered to be the bad guy. You know, a pretty, you know, a safe bad guy to make out into. It's like you're, at the beginning, irredeemable, but knowing full well that they're going to get turned into friends by the end. And... 
into one thing. But, you know, you're talking about scary people who wear fishnets and they growl power cores and they drive around like Mad Max Fury Road in these weird, you know, fish yeah, ver- Very much. That was, yeah. I mean, I say there's craft to it, but man, that was a little transparent. Totally transparent. But yeah. I thought it was, the reason why Rock was turned into the, the aggressor, the heavy in this one, is that because rock and roll doesn't exist in pop culture. That's not true. That's uh, not true. It's totally true. Compared to when we were kids, it's it's far less emphasized. Well, uh, what it doesn't it's, exist in rock culture because There's guitars behind everything. No, no, Every you, pop listen song. Listen to me. Listen is, to me. Has Every roots pop song in rock is based roll. on hip hop. It's based on R and B right now. Uh, by the way, why is there no hip hop? There, there were no there. You, you briefly see a smooth jazz. There are bounty hunters, smooth jazz, reggaeton, and uh, yodeling, and a fourth one. There's no R and B trolls. There was are no totally, there was the trolls. funk trolls. You kidding me? It was funny. Oh, the George funk Clinton. trolls, I guess, are R&B. Fine. Yeah, George Clinton actually voiced. Fine. Anderson oh, Pack. That's R&B. And, and, and his, wife, no... uh, uh, his wife, Mary J. Blige. It's like hip-hop okay. was There's... well represented. R&B was well uh, okay. represented. All right. There is no folk troll. What I'm telling you, though, is that there rock is, and roll right no... now in pop culture as the music doesn't show up in the top 100 with any kind of frequency. That is Kids, not true. It, that is not true. People don't listen to it at home. It is music we is fucking talked about on this show. We talked about Greta, Greta Van Fleet. What's Greta Van Fleet? Uh, is that pop culture? It isn't to us. Yeah. But it's like kids aren't I'm listening gonna to it. I'm going to look at Billboard's charts Kid, right now. Kids and aren't going to hear rock in and the roll. top 10, there's three rock and roll albums. Billboard 200, top-selling albums. You ready? Yes, it's not as emphasized as it used to be. Yes, the top hits aren't mostly rock and roll the way when we were I'm, kids. Th- that's all but I'm saying. To say it has no... No, that's not what you're saying. You're saying it has no presence, which is flat-out untrue. These kids do okay. not... Hear, the kids who are watching right. this do not listen to rock and roll. They have no idea think, what rock and roll is. That, do you think that Fiona App album we listened to last week is not... I mean, I guess it's arguable whether it's a rock album. Also, the Fiona Sorry, album, Fiona, Al- Billboard's Fiona, album, the Fiona Apple album is designed for forty-one-year-old women. It's not the kids, God, the six-year-olds who are listening, never heard who are watching this movie, in the top 10. are only going to hear the Pharrell song. They're going to hear know. "Happy." They're going to hear Justin Timberlake's "Can't Stop the Feeling." All that's that's what kids' music is. It has nothing to do with rock and roll. It has nothing to do with power chords. All right, they're sold, all right. They're sold again, this idea again, again. Kids' music. You said it's not in culture. All right. Now, arguably, I haven't heard of most of these artists, but <laughs> I, I get all the way to 32 uh-huh. and I see, do you know what band's greatest hits is number 32 on the charts? Is Queen. Queen. The story of Queen was one of the biggest movies of the last few years. Sure. Queen. Motherfucking Queen. Not my favorite rock band, but the very essence of rock and roll. Queen. Have, there are a few bands that are more rock and roll than Queen. You've got to you're get, saying you're saying rock and roll has no presence in our I'm society. I'm saying rock and roll. Fucking break. The demographic who this movie was made for has no idea what rock and roll is. They don't know what Queen is. They know what their parents listen to, and their parents yes. and their parent and the they song. They might think it's old people music, but to say it's not part of our culture is bullshit. Classical music, either classical music has more presence. Uh, they're not. Now, actually, this that movie. that brings up something interesting because uh, this is another one of my problems with the movie. What are they dressed like? Bach or Mozart? Right? Like it's almost like remember. that's Mozart There's, world. I just remember the flute, the talking flute, the talking flute, HR, yeah. HR Puff and stuff. But they all have the powdered wigs and they're wearing like gold yes. brocaded suits. It's like going back into yeah. Amadeus. That's what it looked like. Like that was their model for classical it's a music. Stereotype of classical, right? It is. It is, and it's like just I'm, the word classical, right? Like think about it. No one called that music classical no. for probably a hundred years. Ago, <laughs> That's right? true. No, you're absolutely right. But it kind of bothered me that like how are these music things independent because they all kind of fed off each other. Pop derived out of rock. Rock derived out of 
you know, blues and folk, yeah. which weren't present in this movie. There should have been blues trolls. That would have been awesome. There was even, they even had a yodeling troll, and they didn't have they, had a they didn't have a blues troll. or folk troll. You know. Anyway, yeah. the the guy who was like the king of classical music world was voiced yes. by a man named Gustavo Dudamel, who is the main conductor for the L.A. Um, Los Angeles Philharmonic. And I, one of my big problems with this movie is that it is an in-joke for people who live in Los Angeles and Hollywood. The casting, <laughs> you know, the, the casting was all these people who they, they just bring yeah. the same group of people in all the time. And, you know, like, I think you actually put it perfect. You said there's there's a lot of craft, but there's no heart. And I no, not much. certainly when you bring in Anna Kendrick to play the same version of the character she's as she's played a thousand times, she's going to be 60 years old and still playing the whitest white character of all time doing acapella. It's so chirpy and so annoying and so on model and so on brand for her that we've seen her do this a million times and she, she will not get out of her lane at all, even for a single second. And granted, I mean, I'm sure she made enough money to buy 50,000 swimming pools in Malibu with whatever they paid her for this. So it's like, what what incentive does she have to do something different? That is just so obnoxious hearing her sing the stupid songs, Hey hey Ricky, or whatever the fuck they were saying, Mickey, I don't know. Mickey is a great song. No, it is, fuck but, but the, the, the ver- their versions of these songs were terrible. The, the, the jukebox versions, the, the fucking, ju- yeah, you know, they're, that, they're pretty bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Bad. The Mamma Mia But version. they're for kids! Well, this is what we... I find this irritating. I find Kids Bop irritating, but they're for kids. And I'll tell you another thing. Fine, not whoever... But the, the, the L.A. session musicians whose little rock band recorded Kitty, which was later covered by Tony Basil as Mickey, whoever those dudes are now, I'm glad they're getting a check off this. I hope so. Cause they're, I certainly hope so. Because they're not, they're not household names. I don't know. The band was called Racy. Um, I called it voice acting cast the movie because that's Dream yeah. DreamWorks films. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It is. DreamWorks just wants. Oh, to bring I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry. I should have known this. Kitty was written by Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin, who were British songwriters. They wrote all the hit songs for Sweet, you know, Ballroom Blitz and sure. Fox on the Run. Kind Those of. guys are awesome. Maybe. But again, I'm glad they made money. I right. think one of them's dead. Though. All right, go ahead. No, I'm just it's just the idea that the, the 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 voice acting is so perfunctory and the effort like the script is so convoluted. This makes no sense. I you know, like I could barely follow the narrative from minute to minute until fucking I don't know if you so if you were around for um Sam Rockwell's Cowboy came out and there was yes, yeah, that yes. was dumb and yeah. it's just so They got to the country world and man, talk about stereotypes of just lame stereotypes of country people. Yeah. I'm going to charge to the point because we're talking about this is for yeah. kids and it's true. And one of the things I was really bothered by, if this is for kids, so is so are Pixar movies. And Pixar movies put a billion times more heart. It's the same exact audience. Yeah, they really do. And it's like they don't make as much. Uh, the Pixar movies make more money, only slightly, than a uni movie or a DreamWorks movie. But they're still hitting the same market. And it's it, they proved that even a bad Pixar movie, like I would say Toy Story 4 was a bad Pixar movie, but it was an an off effort for them because it wasn't as good as their previous stuff. It still has. Yeah, I liked it. And yeah, it was good. I, but I thought it had one huge flaw, but other than that, I liked it. It still has so much more heart, and it was so much better thought out. Than, it was a better script. Yeah, it was a, just a better. Well, script. it had ass script. It wasn't just this thing that was thrown together with the characters doing a bunch of ticks that you already yeah. you already know who the characters are. You know exactly where the story is going to go from the beginning. So trolls, much like minions, to me is just chromatic blobs on a screen making noise and that's i think the kids who watch this 
they don't they don't need a script they don't need a story all they want is the blue guy to make noise and throw his hair out and have the little worm living on him and they go on a boat and they sing the song i it's it is just disjointed storytelling what what a, what a description you should write the little uh <laughs> Those little those little descriptions of the plot that show up on the screen when you pause on Netflix. That should be the blue guy on the boat with the worm. Why? I guess a lot of questions here. Why uh, did they make this movie? Why did they decide? And by the way, I don't think we've settled this. It's a matter of debate. Were they going to push it to streaming immediately? That's what I read, that before even the quarantine, that was the plan. No, it was originally and, for theater because the first one was such a barn burner. But, no, I, but I thought it would be both. I thought the idea was it would be both simultaneously theater it's possible. and available for streaming. They had to rip up their plans so we many knew times. some movie would do that eventually. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's why let, let this be the one, for, you know, because I fucking hated it. Let this be the guinea pig that takes all the fire. But, yes, it's a good question. Why is it popular? So, so why, why is it popular? Why this? Why was this movie made? Why did it do well with streaming? I rely on the word of what my parent friends say to me. And this, this is hardly a, a good argument to make with a movie, which is I watch so many of these because I'm forced. I'm paraphrasing here. I watch so many of these because I'm forced to. And this is one of the better ones. Yeah, somebody on your Facebook feed said that. But it was just like one dude, right? No, but I, I hear, I hear this all the time, though. If I, if you I, heard this more than once? About not trolls, about then? trolls, but about other movies that oh. I've seen, other animated movies. Okay. They say, yeah, I, you know, I had to sit through Ice Age 12 with Ray Romano and Dennis Leary. It's <laughs> like, or Madagascar or whatever. <laughs> You know, it's like, this is one of the good ones. And it's like, well, if this is one of the good ones, then that means that there is some real fucking bad ones out there because the quality on this is so, you know, it's so subaquatic. But the, it's popular because it's trash. Kids have been trained. Now, follow follow with me here because this is going to loop back into a, one of the, the, I think, a lot of the motifs of this program, our podcast. Kids have been trained to respond to colorful little moving blobs, you know, who, who make noises and sing songs that, that they hear on Mom and Dad's Spotify. At the same time, Noah, kids are coming up on, like, Mr. Beast. Kids are coming up on YouTube shows, which are non-narrative. They're, they're gimmick and gag-based. Not that there aren't narratives, but it's Miranda Sings. It's stuff that's just based on characters, people who make funny faces and do songs. You get an idea, you get an impression, you get an experience, but it's not A to B with some dotted line between them. The script for this, I think, whatever the the, the universal story team of ex-NASA scientists and Navy SEALs that they have in a a, a locked room somewhere in Burbank. Navy SEALs. Coming up with this. You know know times are tough when Navy SEALs can only get work writing. (laughs) But I... I think that they spend this time thinking, all right, we got to come up with a story. But it's like, and, and I see for this, you know, it, this thing cost probably $200 million to make, to animate, to render, to design, to make the music. And it's like, the story at no point announces itself, makes itself clear, uh, recommends itself as any good part of this. It is a complete afterthought. And I wonder- Oh, I think it makes itself clear. I think part of the problem with the plot is completely transparent. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right, it is. But it's like, it's it's so uninteresting. It's so simplistic. It's so simplistic. Like it's so said, perfunctory. Yeah. Everything is telegraphed. It's, this is just characters and, you know, blobs and noises and things that stretch and do funny, funny voice. There just wasn't farting. But everything else, everything short of that no was farting. in this movie, right? So it's like, why does Uni bother putting a story if, like, YouTube is running away with the with the bank by having non-narrative entertainment? So it's like, I, I it's this weird growing pain between narrative storytelling, 
this huge spectacle that that DreamWorks is putting out where it's dancing trolls singing to um, Justin Timberlake or Pharrell or whatever and the need that they feel like well we got to put a story on this and it's like no one's here for the story I don't care about the character development of Rachel Bloom as the rock and roll troll I don't want to hear like I don't give a shit what James Corden's stupid little fat troll does none of that stuff matters I see he plays the same character he was playing in freaking Cats yeah He's always like the fat clown kind and of thing. Anna Kendrick's play the same. There's oh, zero man. There's zero imagination. And these guys got paid so much money to do it. So it's popular because it's trending. This is feature film, spectacle feature filmmaking, trending towards the sort of nonsense that kids are growing up with on YouTube. Right. And I Because the plot, you're saying because the plot was an afterthought, it is... Yeah, of a piece with, and yeah, th- this is this is the beginning. We're we're at the nascent stages of this thing, where I think eventually feature spectacle filmmaking that is like you know, three hundred million dollar films are eventually not going to have a plot. It's going to be Mr. Beast. It's going to be Smosh. It's going to be goofy little make ups. Just like, what's the difference? Would this have been worse if it had the plot? Mr. Beast has as many viewers as this, if not more, with less plot, and it's just goofy stuff with a friendly face that smiles at you. So it's like, what's the difference? Eventually, it's going to happen. That's why it's popular. It's because it makes no more sense than that. I don't know. I think that trend is pretty old, man. I think we've been seeing that for years with the idea that we got to, these movies have to sell in China and Hong Kong. Well, that's, but that's Korea. But that's new. Right. right, Yes. It's for years, but you're new. It's, it's 15, 20 years old. Maybe 10, maybe 10, to be honest with you, because the 10 pole filmmaking only popped up, I want to say around 2004, 2005. I guess you're right. That is 15 okay. years. You're right. Yeah, 15. We're old, man. I don't see how this is new in that respect. The jukebox musical, whether on Broadway too. I mean, you see that more on Broadway. Yeah. If you see anything on Broadway now. So much of our culture, I've talked about this, is predicated on, it's not, I like this. It's, hey, I recognize that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like enjoying something has been replaced with recognizing something. Yeah, remembering it, yeah. Just, I still remember I used to mock this. Thankfully, this was a trend that died, but if you remember 15 years ago or 20 years ago, every movie poster was just a picture of the star's face yeah. to the exclusion of everything else. So there's this idea that culture has been replaced with just recognition. Uh, but maybe I'm off about that because as you say, like it's not that the kids know these songs. They know some of these songs. Well, no, I guess they recognize them from Mom and Dad's Spotify, yeah. right? Yeah. Or they like, you know, that... LMFAO song, you know, because they've heard it around in ads and TV shows. The plot's an afterthought. And maybe we are moving in a direction where Trolls 3 won't even have that simplistic plot of we're all friends, we're celebrating differences. Don't need it. Yeah, Don't I need mean, it. So why is it popular? Because it there is that craft to it, which is going to appeal to people, even if it, you know, empty calories kind of thing, right? Yeah. They'll enjoy it. They'll glom onto it. They won't remember it. They, they won't care about it. Uh, if they're a kid, they'll want to watch it again. I doubt any adult... Any kid who's six now and loves this is going to treasure revisiting this when they're 36. Also, we're hungry for content. There's not much out there, so this has cleared the field a bit, right? Yeah. The craft is there, the, the flashing lights, the recognition of the music. Um, you know, the trolls are cute. I mean, that was smart that Universal picked up on this IP because the trolls are cute and appealing and they touch a lot of nerves that kids always like cuteness and um, the idea that they're small and theoretically pocket-sized gives them a certain appeal that I, I can see kids liking. Um, and you're, they're evergreen. You're right. They've been around forever, like you said. Yeah, so they've yeah. already been time-tested, you know? Yeah, I don't think this is a deep one why it's popular. You mean your bleeps and bloops? Beep, 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 boo. Yeah, that's not music. If you like little chromatic blobs making noises and farting on screen, would you have liked this? I don't know. I really didn't like cutesy <laughs> stuff when I was a kid, you know? Yes. Uh, 
I mean, maybe if I were real little, I can imagine being like four or five and thinking this was great fun. But by the time I was seven, I think I just would have found this like, I don't care, right? It just would have been out there. One of these many things I don't think about. Uh, although by then I was getting into music. I never really thought about that. I wonder how I'd feel about like kids bop. Do they still do kids bop now? Well, everything is kids bop. This movie is kids bop, so no. It, no, no, I mean literally. I don't think, do they do no. The kids bop I, I don't think so they do. So those who don't know, it was a series of CDs where the people made them with license popular pop songs, usually recent, of the last few years, and they would um, have them re-recorded by session musicians and like children singing in unison. And they would release these CDs, so the idea was kids, oh man, I can imagine having kids and being infuriated by kids pop and just think, why don't we listen to the real fucking songs? So I don't know. I think as a kid, I probably would have dug kids pop. I'm ashamed to say. So I might have liked the musical element of this. I might have really liked it. I, I don't know. This is unanswerable, this question. Well, I, I think that you drive to something. And when you say when you were six, seven, eight years old, which is, I think, towards the sort of older side of the audience for this. Not that there aren't obviously people watching it of all ages, but I mean, I think it works best on a very sort of young audience, which is um, a little more um, unformed, more nascent consciousness and, and tastes. But um, I, we had we had the best, the best shitty toy commercials when we were kids. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about G.I. Joe Transformers. He Robots in disguise, yeah, my dude. Friend. It was it was the finest. Now, th- those were those were look. They had fighting. They had weapons. They had dude. They had men with mustaches. That was incredible to have a toy of a guy with a mustache. Like you can't find something like that today. Really, you can't. Why I not? don't think so. Well, because they weren't making soldiers with with heavy machine guns, and they weren't making uh, you know cassette players that transformed into Decepticons. Could you actually play cassettes out of that transform? No, but the cassette would trans. You know, it was an inert cassette, but it would transform. Into oh, a- right, it was a cassette that would transform into a mini, Decepticon. like a panther or a, 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 yeah, a, a falcon or something. But um. I, there, I don't think there's any way I would have liked this. First of all, because it's like this does to me look like it's like it looks like baby shit. You know, it looks ju- juvenile. It does look baby. Like the, it does. I could see me going. This is baby. Yeah, shit. right. The, the cuteness is so jacked up that it's so cloying. And I mean, I we, we were in um, at the beginning of the year for, for Janice's birthday. We went with a couple of friends to Universal Studios uh, in Florida, and just about everybody else had had kids. They had young kids who were a perfect age for this. And gr- this is the first time I saw it. Is that the big TVs of the Universal cafeterias at the hotel would be playing like the trolls? I'm sitting there watching these five year olds dance in circles to the songs. They're just agog with brand recognition. They loved it, and it's like I, I could see that. Okay. They have no idea what they're watching. They're just entertained by essentially visual caffeine. You know, like they don't know what the character's name <laughs> was. Visual caffeine. They just saw it. And I'm like, okay, when I was that age, there's, I just like, I did, I liked Sesame Street up to a certain point, but Sesame Street was quieter. It was obviously a little more sober when we were kids than it is today, or this stuff is. But I don't think there's any way I would have liked it because it would have just slipped right in between being baby shit and then being cloying and, and dumb. All right, in a short 456 pages, I'm gonna know how to fly this thing. Ugh, Branch, we don't need a giant comprehensive manual. Ugh, how hard can it be? Is the success of Trolls World Tour, the existence of Trolls World Tour, the new movie presentation distribution model that Trolls World Tour might portend, is that anyway an indication of the apocalypse? No, I can't say that as much as I hated this, as much as I've been railing against it, this is not a sign of the apocalypse. 
In, in a way, it points to me again at YouTube being a real watershed in terms of entertainment because a lot of my reaction to this was predicated on what you know formulating what YouTube is doing to people and their viewing habits. Movies like this have to navigate in the space around YouTube and around what it's doing to people's viewing habits in terms of the short form, in terms of the non-narrative stuff, in terms of all that. Uni and DreamWorks, it's like you have executives and MBAs and people who've been in animation for a long time. And these guys are probably all somewhere between 38 and 55 years old. They're, they're come from classic backgrounds. They've come through the system and they're trying to figure out, well, what, what does a kid want? And this is the, the same, yeah. this is the Quibi, the Quibi thing. As opposed to YouTube, which has no program executives, they there are obviously gatekeepers in terms of the the IT and 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 you know what YouTube strategy is, but it's a wild west in terms of content. No one is deciding here. We're going to put Lily Pons. We're going to put Miranda Sings. We're going to put all these little stupid things around. It's like it, it is whatever you want to get is out there. Yeah. So yeah. you know the, the companies, these big companies in Burbank and Glendale are trying to move with the same fleet of fleetness of, of feet that. YouTube is, and it's like they can't possibly do that. So it's not an apocalypse. It's just it's this weird chimera, you know. It's it's neither fish nor fowl. Yeah, I mean, if not this, something else. You know, I I find this movie as much as I don't like it, I find it unoffensive because it's just there. It's just kids stuff, which we which in some form has been with us since time immemorial. And at least there's craft behind it. And as much as I don't like the script, first of all, I think the lesson it teaches is simplistic, but like good yeah no it's benign it's benign you're right yes let's appreciate that right i I mean i don't like the pissing on rock and roll yeah it's inoffensive it's harmless kids got to be into some crap they might as well be into this i mean i hope we don't get to a point where like these kids when they grow up they still only want to hear these kids bopified versions and no one ever really wants to listen to the rolling stones again they just want to listen to fucking trolls singing the rolling yeah man right hey you know I hope we don't get, but I don't think we'll get to that point. Well, what, know, what about the, always... the trolls versions of our? What is it? LMFAO. Like I, I know that's not the Rolling. Yeah, Stones. but how is that different from real LMFAO? That's a good point. But L, right, <laughs> mu- music itself is the, the the first press on music now these days is simulacra. So you're going to have the simulacra of simulacra of the simulacra. You know, it's going to be an impression of an impression of an impression. I don't think so. I mean, there's always been ridiculous music and there's always been serious music serious meaning a lot of different things and and part of the reason why i love rock and roll so much and we talked about this a bit on the show i mean i I remember the greta van fleet episode even though i didn't love them so much one of the things i appreciated about them is they prove that classic rock at roots great rock and roll has this incredible staying power and as rock and roll becomes geriatric and and the music we listen to in college becomes classic rock new generations are still discovering it and still appreciating it and still seeing its value and still being stirred by it Mm -hmm. the way we've been stirred by it and our parents were stirred by it. So it has this, this, this rock and roll will never die more than a slogan is proved to be true. So I don't think, you know, no one's going to listen to Queen. They're just going to listen to Troll singing Queen. I don't think that's going to happen. The beauty of the Balkanized culture is that you, you you can have both Trolls and Queen and the same 11-year-old can be listening to both, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, fine. And that's fine if the, I mean, 11 seems a little, if the little kid's listening to the Troll version, the kid's bot version, that might actually be good because that might be a good way in, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's fine. I, I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't have to listen to this shit except when you 
tell me to, <laughs> and then I can always I can always slack off, and, and, and it's cool because we can bullshit our way through this podcast. So it's fine. I can't get upset. And again, like I can crap on this movie not being good, but watching it, I don't know. I saw a lot of craft there. I did see a lot of craft there. There were a lot of moments I thought. These animation people are very talented. I see way worse. Yeah, they're they're effortlessly talented. It's it's in a way it it pays yeah. it paced over a lot of sins because they're so goddamn good yeah, at what they do. It's a right. It's a pretty movie. Queen Bob can't take away something that is inside us because that's where music really comes from. No, let me ask you as we close up this show, put a nice little bow on it, a a multi string bow. Going back to the stupid conceit of this fucking movie. Um, are you jealous at all of the trolls as a concept for whatever reason? I uh, I gave a shout out earlier to Reverend Jen, mm-hmm. who is just one of these unique New York people. Hey, I try saying that a bunch her. of times fast. Unique New York people. <laughs> anyway, I every time I see trolls in the spotlight, I feel jealous on her behalf because she yeah she was out there. She yeah. is she's unique, and she was the troll person, you know. Yeah, and. I don't know. Someone should be making a movie about her with trolls. No, you're right. right? It's like I did Cobra Commander, and she she was out of she was out in trolls fifteen years ago, twenty years twenty years ago, I guess, almost at this point. You know, I'm jealous on her behalf because because she's one of these people who deserve to have more attention paid to her. She was actually a big inspiration to me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not jealous. That's, I mean, that's you know, I gotta say that's really heartfelt of you to say so. I appreciate that. Well, I admire her. I I do admire her, and and. I wish she were getting a piece of the troll phenomenon, but alas. I guess I'm jealous of whatever people and or computer program, uh, artificial intelligence <laughs> that that it, that directed this, that somehow put this together. Because yes, there's a lot of. Crap. It was a guy. It was a guy who uh, he co-directed the first trolls. He's done a lot of animation stuff, but this is his first like full director job. I was looking at Walter or something. Yeah, Walter Dort Do- 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 or something like that. I yeah. was looking at yeah. the credit. I was shaking down like who made this thing and I was trying to figure, well, who made the first one? Uh, yeah, the guy was 49. They both, the co-directors of the first movie were both, you know, they're both middle-aged white dudes who came up in traditional animation working for various studios. Like they were, I'm sure they worked on high-level stuff, but they, I think, were like journeyman creative people. They were not um, John Lasseter, take take what you will from what John Lasseter has done to, to tarnish his career, but it's like him being a visionary, I think, is pretty... I'm not trying to gaud up somebody who is, you know, obviously some sort of aggressor of something. I'm just, I'm just saying the kind of person who was in business that came up with genuine, genuinely visionary ideas, that's the kind of people that Pixar kept around them. Even Disney Studios to some degree did. But all these guys who make movies for, for DreamWorks, I think, are probably fairly interchangeable. They're just middle management people. You can shove this guy in here. You can pull this guy out, put the next guy in, and the same movie is going to get made regardless. So the guy who made the first Trolls directed deuce bigelow he directed surviving christmas and a couple of like all you know like shrek the third and all this this i just call product you know it's just stuff you know there's nothing to it other than the fact that it's there to sell plush and it has no heart no fucking heart at all so i guess this is a really good job to have other than the fact that you know maybe there's only job there's only room enough for like 15 guys at the top as opposed to like one actual visionary, one actual Walt Disney, or somebody who actually has a, a, an idea for this stuff, because the rest of these guys are just coming up with, well, how do we fill out the balance sheet this, you know, this year? Let's make another Trolls. What's it going to be about? Whatever it's going to be about is what's it about. Fine. Now you're the hero this week because you get to direct this thing. Okay, that's interesting. All right, no, um, Noah. What about the Felonian scale, my friend? Let's close it out quickly. Where does this fall on the Felonian scale? 
Uh, I think this is just below the halfway point. You know, just to reiterate what I've said a few times, it is not good, but not harmful. So I would say it's just below the halfway point. I should. I know there are a few things I've said that are exactly in the middle, and I can't remember what those are. Do you have any memory of that? No, but there is. You're right. There's a big band in the middle for sure. But it's hard. Yeah, there's, we've done so goddamn many of these things, like 130 of them. It's hard to tell yeah, what I can't was what. Keep, I can't keep up. I got enough. Life is hard enough for working <laughs> families these days. It's good jobs for good Americans, Noah. What was the thing I saw? Someone was commenting like they're just so sick of politicians. Everything they say is about families, families, families. What like been, what about those of us who don't have fucking families? Yeah, they've been saying right? for, for 30 years is family. On the other hand, we all have families, right? Yeah. Like just because you don't have kids. I hate that. I'm going to start a family. I have a family. I have two fucking parents and a sister yeah. and an aunt. And, you know, I have family. Like this idea that like if you're a single person just sitting home jerking off, you have no family. I don't I don't believe that. I'm going to put this. I mentioned minions before. I don't have a maybe the the sh- uh, yeah, this is about it minions. Right. I was going to say like all the other stupid goopy bullshit like the Shopkins yeah. or the squeezable things. Oh, this squishy. is better than Shopkins. I, I you know on. what? I gave this I gave it's this a lot more craft to this than Shop. I gave this thing on Letterboxd. I gave it a half a star. And the reason why I gave it a half a star is cuz there was so much craft in it cuz there was so much skill and craft. It, it, but it was interminable. It was dumb. It was an insult to your intelligence. So it's like it was a negative 58. And because so many Good people who understood lighting and, and design and rendering and texture. That gets it a half a star to me. And I thought, mm-hmm. I actually forgot we watched Minions. I fucking watched Minions and I have no memory of yeah. it. And it's like, that's yeah. exactly what this is going to wind up being. Just little blobs making noises with little butts and stupid glasses and wacky noises. It's like, that. that's all this shit is. It's fucking dumb. Okay. All right. Anyway, if you want to hear more of this for some reason... <laughs> You can find We're ending with that. You can find past episodes I'm distracted, man. I'm distracted. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. Come at me, brow at William Scurry. I'm on Facebook too. I mean, we seem to do most of our corresponding with people on Facebook. Facebook.com uh, slash Bill Scurry, Bill.scurry. I forget what it is, but I'm there. I mean, it's only two of us, so. Good. Good sales job. And YouTube, you can find my video content work, essays and things like that on film topics on youtube.com slash amcaesar. And Noah, start the plugging process now. Ah, the big quiz thing. We, uh, virtual trivia events, I'd say nationwide, but that is a meaningless term. Yeah. April was a great month for us. Still room for you. We're doing a lot of corporate events. Remote team building. It works, man. People are loving it. And we're doing birthday parties. Do a birthday party tomorrow. A lot of fundraisers. Uh, gatherings of all kind you know it's tough to get together with your friends and have a good time these days but uh, we figured it out the best virtual trivia events anywhere no matter where you happen to be so go to bigquizthing.com we are also trying to do more events open to everyone uh mainly those are fundraisers so we have uh we have well we have one for the museum of science in boston we did an event for them a science themed quiz that's happening may 14th again you don't need to be in boston for that and uh, I'm posting most of these on our Facebook page. We're doing a fundraiser for Actors Fund, a, a, a group in New York that supports actors of both Broadway and Hollywood varieties. Uh, a Broadway-themed quiz that's happening May 22nd. Uh, we have a various fundraisers coming up that anyone can join in on. So I'm periodically posting them on our Facebook page. But like us on Facebook, 
and Twitter to keep up with those. Come play. Some of these are free, and even if they're not free, you're giving money to a good cause, and you get to have fun, and it is worth it. So, uh, yeah, hit us up at Big Quiz Thing on social media, BigQuizThing.com. And, of course, the Big Quiz Thing's daily trivia dosage, our other podcast hosted by me, Bill Behind the Scenes, three fresh trivia questions from my personal trivia archives every weekday, Monday through Friday, subscribe i love you know i do it but i love listening to it because it, it's the thank you sir thrill of the you're hunt. very kind oh, yeah yes what, thrill of what can i say so um until something stupid with trolls happens that makes your brain leak out of your ears the way mine is happening right now i shouldn't have done this this is a bad idea i want to back out but it's too late we don't get it a production of american caesar enterprises 2020